Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Introducing a new incarnation of world-renowned spiritual teachings, Higher Balance Dojo. Dojo is Higher Balance's latest digital training membership. Inside the Dojo studio, you'll find loads of curated content, hand-picked and organized to help you learn the most important lessons and techniques that are guaranteed to bring about spiritual transformation, initiate real mystical experiences, and inspire you to reach ever-increasing new heights on your journey to spiritual awakening. Sign up for a $1 trial to Higher Balance Dojo now and experience it for yourself by visiting hbidojo.com. That's h-b-i-d-o-j-o.com. In this episode, Eric talks about the differences between a diplomat, negotiator, influencer, and seducer. Then he explains how you can use them in your kingdom. Find out how something seemingly unrelated like dog training is a good analogy for building your kingdom and teaching your people. Enjoy. You mentioned, uh, you talked about using influencers, seducers, and uh, diplomats. What is the difference between those roles and how, would, how should we use them? Well, the the diplomats, the influencers, the seducers, I mean, first of all, let's just take things on the surface for what they are, okay? And that is a seducer is a seducer. A seducer is what what is your sultry? What is your what is your sexy? What is your like your game face for for a little bit of action or get somebody to to kind of be won over by you, charmed by you? So I, I think that when you think about your, your diplomat, or at least I think of a diplomat, I, I guess I think about it in different roles. Um, <clears throat> the, the diplomat I'm thinking is going to be the person who's negotiating uh, situations to your favor or to negotiate uh, business work, uh, relationship issues. Uh, dealing with anybody from your kids to your, 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 whoever your partner is in life to, to people who may not be someone in your immediate life, but someone you have to deal with. So your, your diplomat is your negotiator. You know, what's, what's fear? What, what's not, how are you going to communicate that in a way that is intelligent, um, is in a way that conveys or convinces or makes somebody understand your position and whether or not they're going to want to uh, agree or see your terms. You know, a lot of times when we negotiate, people have an idea what, what their terms are in advance. And the question is, is how skilled are you at disarming that in kind of making things a little bit more fear or let's be honest, more in your favor? And I think by getting to know, which is a whole other topic in regards to the kingdom, is actually spending time identifying the role of, of these people or these identities. 
Um, you know, I would imagine that if you draw up your seducer, your influencer, your negotiator, um, you know, to me, they're all very individual. So if, I, if I'm going to imagine my negotiator, what do you want your negotiator to be? Calm, intelligent, listening, able to, to control a conversation without upsetting the other person. That's the number one key. You're no longer in a negotiation once you enter into a, a region of, of fighting or arguing or whatnot. So you have to have somebody very skilled in that process. You want that person to be very aware of their body language, the tones of their voice, the structure of their sentences, the speed at which they're talking. Um, that is your negotiator. Negotiator should also be informed. I love that word lately, informed. Um, you know, you may not like the other person's position, but by looking at the other person's position, you tend to gain a large advantage. You begin to, to see why they think what they think. And in so doing, this gives you a, an ability to approach it from, from a term that they can relate to that they're going to, to understand that maybe you do understand where they're coming from. So your negotiator is, in a sense, finding good ground to communicate with. And I think any good negotiator should accept the fact that negotiation is a two-way street. You got to give a little bit to get a little bit. And the question is, is what are you willing to give in order to get? And oftentimes, I think most people go into negotiations with what they want. They're not thinking of it as a negotiation. They're thinking about it as a fight, a demand. You're being suppressed. You're, you're being manipulated. You're being bullied. You're being taken advantage of. And that's where you've, you've got to say, in this circumstance to my kingdom, when we are dealing with a situation like that, the person who's going to move front and forward is a negotiator. That in your mind, you've already set a precedence under a situation that you have to have protocols. Not everybody's going to be able to sit and think about how things should, should pan out. So you're, you're saying to yourself, instead of the fighter coming up or, or whatever, that each role is, in the end, is effectively applied by the assessment. Now, keep in mind, somebody's got to be assessing also, or at least the majority of them need to be deciding, and they need to know on their own when to step forward. Um, it's, it's very interesting. I got dog on my brain because my, my dog's getting training. One of the concerns was that um, he would be uh, aggressive with everybody being that now he's been trained for protection, like he's going to bite your ass, right? And the thing is, is that most people, well, there's probably some truth to it, think that you can just say a word and they attack, okay? That's not necessarily true. They're, they're intelligent enough to assess the situation and evaluate whether they're going to go into a protection mode or not. You can encourage them to attack, but there's usually a hesitation in an evaluation, and they can pretty much tell if somebody's full of bullshit faking even, you know? But that's what I'm saying, is that you, in your mind, have to set up your, your, your court, your people, the people who are in charge, Okay with a sense of understanding that they need to step in when the king or the queen is uncomfortable or dealing with a situation. They need that person to represent their interests. 
your interest. And so when we think about the particulars, we can't just say, oh, these are your roles and never prescribe to them that they need to identify the situation if it occurs or if it comes up. And so you, in a sense, want to create scenarios of, of what that would be. Here we go with dog training again, something else I learned. Boy, I got dog in the brain. I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, it's very interesting because when I was asking about training the dog, one of the things that they said was dogs learn through, through uh, repetition of the, the experience. So you want to create the situation and fake it more or less with, with a dummy person and everything, which we see all the time. But if you want them to understand how to protect you, that's one thing. But if you're in a car and somebody goes and grabs you, they may not understand how to react to that unless they've gone through a scenario situation in their training multiple times that teaches them how to deal with that or how, how they're supposed to act. So I, th- I found that very interesting and I find that very relative to, to human beings in a sense in setting up your kingdom because there's a truth to all of that. And that is, is that at some point you should ask yourself, how intricate do I want to get my kingdom? How intricate do I want to draw up the presence of, of the situation? So defining and going through some situations or case scenarios of when the, the negotiator is supposed to go there is that person being able to recognize when they're supposed to do that. So one thing I would, would suggest is it's very hard to imagine your court, your kingdom, your boundaries and say, this is, this is me. These are my, my energies, my, my, my how I'm going to relate to everything, uh, whatnot. But I think what you guys should consider is, is that when you, when you close your eyes, everybody close your eyes. I want you now to see your, your court, your inner court. This is where all the players are in your entire empire. These are all the decision makers from the finance manager to the party planner to the negotiator to the builders and creators and whatnot, okay? Everybody's there, okay? So you have a circumstance that you're becoming aware of and you want to utilize the best process for you. So the real question is, is how, how does somebody step forward? How did, how did one of these identity roles step forward in your interest? Where in your court do they go to? Where do they stand? Where, where's their location? Which direction do they face, you or, or whoever they're addressing? And in what means do you have created a sense of, of that influence or that part of your mind, because that's really what it is, to, to organize itself and, and be maximized? So what, what I would recommend is somewhere's in your court, somewhere's out in, in the middle where you're sitting up in your, your throne looking out or whatever, there might be a white marble multi kind of star kind of thing with whatever, and it definitely stands out and it maybe has a few circle outer rings going to, the, to a smaller center ring and stuff. And whenever somebody is to address you or to represent you to address something, they stand in there. They stand in there and that's when they are directly infused with your consciousness, okay, as you're this outer consciousness in day-to-day life that is more or less assisting in the functioning in in how you're going to deal with stuff or how you're going to act with stuff. It's kind of like a very direct line of dialing yourself into handling a situation. 
And so what you need to, to say to this court is, is that everybody obviously can sense kind of what's going on, what the commotion is, call it what you want, okay? That commotion could be something audible to them, that they, they hear your world, they hear this phenomena, they, they maybe sense a, a, a situation. Everybody's capable of assessing what they're evaluating in real life, okay? And so now it's about how quickly to be assessed and that, that they are more or less trained and understand that, that whoever's going to deal with that situation is to step in there to assist with you. Because what you're doing is you're turning on that quality in your own consciousness is really what it is. And therefore, it's a, a much faster way to dialing in rather than always looking at exterior consciousness being influencing from the outside approaching the kingdom. You, you are more or less stepping in that center and call it a more dialed in consciousness that can expand, you know, the entire empire, you know, call it magic, whatever. The point is, is that it serves a, a higher function. So go ahead and open your eyes. The question is, is, did you have a place like that already? Did you have a sense of that already? And more importantly, I expect that when you, you visualize it, you see people everywhere kind of talking like we see in movies and stuff. But when something goes on, it's like somebody coming forward to you, okay? This lends to chaos. This lends to your reaction level being more minimalized in how quickly you deal with a situation. Um, my mother always, you know, thinks it's, it's funny because she says, you know, she says when, when she has an argument with somebody, she's like she's fumbling to find the, the words to shoot back at them and, you know, and get at them because they got sharper tongues than she does. And she's, she's always like, God damn it. She says, you're so quick with your statements. She says, it's like, they're, they're like destroyed in five seconds, you know? Oh yeah, my, my, my people are jumping up. You know, I got my, my, my badass, you know, like call it whatever you want. <laughs> I don't want to go into it too much. Okay. Anyhow, um, the, the point is, is that that's why you don't have anybody stand in that particular circle in your mind. Do you understand? They're all working around it, whatever. And you've got a clear view to it. But when somebody steps in there, it's, it's business. And everybody knows that that's what's going on. So it's just another little thing that you kind of add that you'll completely forget about, but you never really forget. That's the point. So back to, to the, the negotiator. Negotiation, once again, in my mind, is you, you've got a, a child you share with an ex-wife uh, or an ex-husband. Negotiations begin. Do you want to be the crazy person or do you want things to kind of work with you? What you want? Do you want somebody to represent your interests that's really smart, very calm, very cool, very collective, very good at both ends of the argument and seeing both ends? This is why we hire lawyers in life because we'll, we're, we're too emotionally involved to, to really kind of clearly communicate. So that's how you got to look at that. Your negotiator is in a sense your lawyer, your negotiator, call it what you want. Your influencer is something different in my opinion. An influencer is when, it, it, I guess in a way you could say that when I'm talking to you guys, there's some part of me that has the influencer there. The influencer is I need to keep your attention. I need to keep your interest. Uh, I'm conveying to you guys intellectually and spiritually. And so I want to make sure an influencer shouldn't be in a negative way. An influencer means that you are keeping and attaining the interests of other people in you. You're not trying to seduce them and you're not necessarily negotiating with them. I'm not negotiating with you. 
I'm certainly not trying to seduce you guys. But in either case, the point is, is that I am influencing you in a direction to, to kind of take. So there's part educator, part influencer in the sense that, that I'm thinking about how I'm talking, the, the, the texture of my speech in a way, the, the emphasization uh, of, of whatever, moving my hands around, uh, all of these things are a design of, of who I am or how I've designed myself to convey information to you. That is as much an identity or an I inside of me as anything else. And not only that, but that influencer is constantly working on the fly. I, I don't script my stuff. I don't, I don't rehearse it. I don't write it all out and kind of peg it all out. Well, 99% never. Um, I really deal with the moment to moment situation, which has got disadvantages and, and advantages. It means I'm always probably pretty limber with dealing with stuff. But, you know, it's like, it's like Rashab said, you know, the other night, the class I did was, was really good because, you know, I broke it down. There was a systematic pattern to that, yada, yada, yada. He's an engineer. And so to him, he felt that that was much more organized than other classes that I do, which he says, they're all interesting, but you tend to kind of move all over the place, which is true. Um, and ironically, the, the, he had a good point because I did kind of plan that out a little bit more than usual because I really had to do a lot of research that wasn't necessarily my normal mindset that I, I work with. And I had to look at other stuff to bring into the mix to figure out how to explain it all. So there's advantages to, to both. And your influencer has to decide what, what role or how it's going to do its job. So your influencer may be in a household environment is to perhaps keep your stature or to raise your stature in a, in a home. Maybe you have kids and you're being more disrespectful. Maybe your partner's being more dismissive of decisions that you are trying to enforce. Maybe people who are coworkers are not necessarily giving you the mutual respect that you would want or you feel that you should be receiving. Uh, maybe you want to have uh, clients uh, have a certain disposition of how they see you in your leadership role or whether they think that maybe you don't have enough leadership or influence, okay, in the, in the sense that they're looking for things. Your influencer needs to be able to identify that, step in when it senses that that's what's going on, and it needs to, to present. You need to be okay with that. You need to be able to let your mind more or less shift in real time and realize, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change how I'm doing this. So it's not negotiating. It's close. That's why, why there's kind of a little bit of trouble distinguishing them, okay? But your, your influencer is really the person that needs to be there when you really want to hold your position in life or how people are going to perceive you and build their relationship with you. Are you an authority? Are you just a Fruit Loops? Are you, are you someone to take serious? Are you somebody they should dismiss? That all comes from your facial muscles, the tonature, once again, of your voice, your eye contact or, or lack of, all of that, that's, that's, that's a whole different thing than negotiating for something. So when I think of negotiating, I feel like it's a give or take kind of situation where I'm trying to gain ground in my favor. An influencer, I'm trying to, to 
attain the interest and perception of myself to them so that they want to uh, see me in a certain way or understand me in a certain way that that is a, a way of, you know, human beings are, are like anything else, like pack animals or like tribal or, or whatever you want. We're constantly assessing and evaluating everybody else. We evaluate our partners to see if they're strong, smart, intellectual, leadership, non-leadership, what's their strengths, what's their weaknesses. Co-workers, business people, sales reps, anything that, that affects us, we are doing an assessment. And anybody approaching us, we're doing an assessment. What is the influence or message you want, you want to send? And that's in, in general. Uh, seducer is, a, you know, once again, can be very hodgepodge into the idea of the influencer and of the negotiator. And I think when we think seducer, we think of, of sexual interest or, you know, um, uh, securing a, a love interest or, or, you know, something to that effect. And that's it, really just the tip of the iceberg. Um, seducing is also about charming. It's also about magnetism. It's, it's also about, once again, keeping people interested in you. It's one thing to, to influence them, okay? But there are other ways that would not necessarily be considered influencing. You're, it's just your overall magnetism, your, your level to seduce people to like you, which is really doing a lot of the job for the influencer in advance. It's your smile. It's how you enter a room. And so an influencer, I feel, directs their attention towards an individual or multiple individuals. There, there's a, 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 it's, it's like concentrating the seducer in a different way. While the seducer can be focused from one extreme of, of seduction, but it's charming. It's, it's, it's enticing. It's winning that person over. It's about letting them uh, undo all of their security guards towards you, you know, it's, it's the ability to communicate or reach them and earn their trust. And, you know, I don't like calling it seduction. You know, we like to think of it as cleaner or nicer, you know, like, you know, whatever. But let's be honest. Most people, you know, it's like, like I've always said, when you meet somebody and they come, if somebody approaches you, at least me, the first things that are in my head are, what do you want, you know? And once I figure out what you want, let, let me decide whether it's a value to me or not. If it's not a value to me, I'm rolling the eyes. Yep, have a nice day. So when you are approaching me, are you going to attempt to seduce me if you really want to get to know me, if you want to win my friendship over, if you want to, to get me to immerse in, in, in conversation or life or hang out with you? That is your seducer. That's when, when you're with someone and you're like, oh my God, I love hanging out with this person. I have so much fun. They make me laugh. I just enjoy being in their presence. I, I like their sense of humor. I like how serious they get. And they, they go back. Whatever that is, that's still a form of seduction. You've, you've basically thrown out all your, 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 your whole military level because they've, they've charmed you. They've come right through the front door. You've let them in close to you. And there may not be anything wrong with that. Uh, and not, but what we're talking about is what is the level of, of that seducer? And an influencer, to me, has got more of a masculine energy. It seems to me that I, I sort these different. A, a seducer, I find more of a feminine aspect of me. And in a sense, so a, a 
influencer may say or do something that makes you feel inspired to go a certain direction. I guess it's more about controlling for business or working it for the business. And the seducer, once again, I find it more on a personal level. If I really like someone, I'm going to want them to like me. And so it's not that I'm trying to sack them, but I am trying to win their friendship over and to, to make a connection with them or to get along. So that's something I may choose a seducer level if I was working a job and I had coworkers that I really had mixed feelings about, but that they could work against me or for me. What do I want to do with that? All right, go to work, seduce them, make, make them love me. Okay. But that takes effort. Do you understand? Hence, there's a reason for these things. Does that, does that help and make any sense? So I think they're all pretty close to one another, and that's what lends a little bit of confusion. But they all kind of have a, a, different, a different level. So I hope I answered that pretty well. Yes, thank you very much. That's awesome. Next. Oh, boy, we're done. It's a wrap. Anybody? All right. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for, for stepping up. The, everybody else seems to have abandoned me. Um, there's one more kingdom question, so I'm just going to read it. Um, uh, in Rhode Island, you taught us to use the kingdom as a way to physically protect us. You told us to set it up so people can only find what you want them to find. Can you elaborate on that? What are some examples of things you want them to find? And could you give us a walkthrough on that? Which I guess is the same thing as elaborating on it. So, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a loaded question. And of course, it's, you know, I hate talking about previous things I said because I don't necessarily remember maybe the context of what we were talking about. And so, therefore, you know, you know once I get something wrong, you guys will hang me, you know. So I'm, I'm always got to be, I got to be very, very careful to keep my shit together and, and make sure my, I check my, my cross my, my T's and dot my I's, I guess, you know. And if I don't, I better wing it, you know. You know which, which identity needs to come up, you know. Hey. Okay. So in, in either case, uh, look, I think that, that we all have – a, a negative aspects to ourselves that we recognize and a spectrum that's all the way to, to the positive. The, the, the higher qualities we have, the ones that we, we do not like, but in some weird ways, maybe they have a necessity. We don't want to be, what, what, we, what, what, what most human beings want is they want the room to grow. They want the room to become the best. They want the room to grow. They want the room so that they can grow to be the best people that they want to be, to be the best that they can be. And in essence, when we know that we might have a quick to trigger uh, 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 situation in us or a quick to anger or a quick to judgment or a a quick to, to throw up negativity or a knee-jerk reaction. These are things we don't really want people to see. Let's be honest, because you wouldn't have any life or you'd, you'd minimalize that, okay? Um, but there, there are negative aspects to all human beings. And our journey in life, part of it is to, to find the best qualities to nurture in us so that we like ourselves, and to, to defuse or diminish the presence or the power of the negative ones. So in your kingdom, let's look at it this way. In your kingdom, you, you have your, 
your royal family, you've got your all your appointed, you know, power position people, whatever, and everybody there is to, to be your counsel at the same time, okay? Now, you can pick your, your, your committee, your board people, whatnot, okay? But that doesn't change the fact that you still have some family somewhere in there, okay? And sometimes it's the family that we all have the most embarrassment of. Those are the ones we don't want anybody to really meet or know about or, or anything. Or you're like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're family, but, but I, you know, it's like, you know, really, I don't really talk to them for the longest time, you know. Whatever that is, that's kind of what's floating around somewhere in that court. And the question is, is that at any point are one of them going to rear their ugly head because they're family and they can fucking say what the fuck they want to know, you know, or say or do. And they know you. They know all your ins and outs. They've known you since you've been a child. And they're going to be like, oh, it's enough bullshit already. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, ah, why? You know, like, ah, what do I do? I can't chop their, their head off because mom would be very upset with me and dad would disown me. And, and that is my sister after all, but she's just a real bitch, you know, and, and people aren't going to get her and they're going to think that I'm supportive of this behavior. Whatever it is. This is kind of how I look at the negative aspects of things. And so where you could look at those as qualities within yourself that you, you don't want is one, one clever way that I, I once did was I really assigned, well, I'll, I'll call it family. Um, I assigned them to, to have their own like kind of wing that, that they would, would be at and, and stuff. And so it's really far away in the furthest region. So if there's a situation, it takes them longer to kind of surface or get there to kind of fuck things up, you know, or to, to do stuff that upsets me so that my rationale ain't where it, it's going to be. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's like, what can you do? You, you, you may not be able to get rid of those qualities because, you know, getting rid of them isn't necessarily a good idea. You know, you, you know all, all the things that are negative about you Maybe the reasons why you've survived for as long as you have, you know, or, or whatnot. You don't know that for sure. What you do know is you don't really care for that. But is it a difference as, as a part that you hate or is it a difference of a part that it's, 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 it could be seen or used as a strength at the right time at the right place? I just don't want it dominating. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? I don't want that presence to be, you know, like you're, you're in a room and you, everybody kind of feels this one person in there. They're just very loud, very vexatious, very, uh, you know, and you're like, yeah, you know, cause I definitely got probably a couple of those, but anyway, so in, in essence, what do you, what do you do with that? So, so the question now is, is again, close your mind, close your eyes imagine your court, you're sitting on your, your throne and you, you have all of your brilliant, sophisticated, highly skilled, appointed people that you really want in your life, okay? And then, you know, somewhere is also mixed in there are maybe some of their friends and family, but also your family there. You got your mother there, maybe your father, maybe an aunt and uncle, cousins, whatever, you know, they're, they're all part of that. That's family. And so one thing that you may want to do is ask yourself how large is the inner court. How, how large is this? And can you take some of the, the, the court, make it a little larger, but now you have different areas. And the, the furthest area back, which is plushly nice, okay, that's where only family is allowed to be and should be, okay? 
and you appease them by saying, they might say, well, we don't like being that far away. And you, your, your answer is, well. A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the foundation meditation system. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at higherbalanceinstitute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it. So I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken, knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, You don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing, weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing, somewhere in between, I flew. Higher balance. We think outside of the box, a new kind of spirituality, a new kind of meditation, a revolution in consciousness.
Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.